Hi guys, this is episode 14 of The Beauty of Ugly. My name is Sim Tong and uh, let's talk about some stuff. So first of all, um, following up on the last episode, uh, there is no real update that I can really um, shout about. Um, talk to the survivors and um, seems like everyone's gone quiet and this matter is uh, something that Apart from Charmaine and I, uh, nobody's really pursuing it that much. Maybe Chrissy a little bit. Yeah, I asked the other day on my live stream. I actually um, just took a consensus um, and asked if I should just come out and say who the perpetrator is. Uh, and the consensus was that it wasn't my story to tell and there are privacy issues and... I think also maybe my viewers are worried about me. And of course, my wife is worried about me. So yeah, uh, the thing is that I'm not sure what to do. So uh, like everyone else, I'm going to do nothing, right? Oh, it's Shark. Hi, Shark. Uh, yeah, my ad my uh, conscience and advisor, Shakila, is here. So yeah, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, this might be a strange episode because I'm actually recording this as I would my live stream, which means there is a video. The video is going out to um, my podcast page on Facebook and also my YouTube channel. And then I will put it into the YouTube um, podcast playlist later. But for the audio version, I'm actually going to edit this down so that it's tight and so that um, you guys are going to not hear me ramble on too much. So yeah, back to the story. Yes, I did think about just coming up with the name because it's it's not really me. It's like the whole WhatsApp group have seen the name, right? And it's not it's not like I'm the only one. So in a way it's kind of semi-public, but yeah, there are illegal issues that I guess everyone is worried about. And it seems like uh, apart from me and uh, Shamine and maybe Chrissy, nobody really is uh I mean, there's been so many messages of support, but the, the thing seems to be becoming quiet again and not for a lack of trying, right? So yeah, we will wait and see what happens next, I guess. And uh, probably if nothing happens, then nothing happens. And uh, maybe we'll do something the next time it happens. I know it's sad. Some of you are probably listening and thinking like, how could you do nothing, right? All I have to say is uh, I didn't do nothing. And uh, even if I am doing nothing, I'm not the only one. Yeah. So what else has been happening? I've been uh, trying to catch up on Black Lives Matter a week late. You know, uh, this week, I actually talked to a few African-American friends. I talked to Anthony Woodhouse Jr. the third and Ronnie Hawkins who are new friends introduced to me by Sonest Stevens. And I talked to my friend, Justin Small, who is here in Malaysia. Um, he's been here since I think I, I think I met him in December or January. He's a regular at the open mics and um, comedy shows. Uh, yeah, I also talked to my friend Abby McNair, which I haven't seen in three years. And I felt like I learned a lot. I mean, it's kind of horrifying, the African-American experience, 
like just fearing for their safety, fearing for their lives, fearing for inequality. You know, as an Asian, I as a Malaysian Chinese, uh, maybe it's just me, but like uh, I kind of grew up always looking up to America. I always think like, oh, things are always better over there. And now, now that I'm older, I kind of see all the flaws, and it's it's kind of horrible. I mean, we we have inequality here, and we have uh, injustice here. But in a way, in my mind, it's kind of like expected because we're a young nation and we don't know what we're doing. But then, when we look to America, and we're like, oh, okay, this is like. A country that's modeled after freedom and all these ideals, equality, democracy, um, equal opportunity, and we kind of see that they are failing, which kind of is a bit. Um, it takes away hope, you know, for someone who's living in a, a young nation like Malaysia. But having said that, I I think that this time. Hopefully, there will be change in America. Uh, it does seem a little bit different than all those other times that people have been killed by the police. Um, it was either Justin or Abby, I think, who said, "Well, last time with uh, Rodney King, it was mostly black folks who were protesting. This time, it seems like everyone is horrified." Um, Well, not everyone. There are people who are fixed in their mindset, but yeah, people of all races. I mean, kind of horrified. Yeah, I, I did feel like I learned quite a bit this week. Um, talking about Black Lives Matter, and in fact, I told Abby that I would go back and listen to um our chat, and I haven't done it, but I'm going to do it. Um. Yeah, so a few days ago, I was actually in Telo Intan. I was doing, I was streaming from Telo Intan, and that was uh that was not easy, but uh, luckily it went okay. Um, except that one time I was uh having a chat with Justin Small. Uh, yeah, I had all kinds of technical issues that day, and he did as well. But uh, we worked through it, and we made it through. Me and my wife, we celebrated our 15 year anniversary there. Um. That was on Thursday. We were there on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yeah, I forgot my days. Yeah, been married 15 years, and like it is kind of amazing when I think about it. Wow, 15 years! It seems like not that long, right? It seems like just a couple of years. Uh, but yeah, it is 15 years. I feel like I I, I talked about this before. I think I. Told uh, Mike Sadi and Jeps and Jetro that um, I'm happy to be stuck at home with my wife because uh, we have been together 15 years and we kind of know each other really well now. And um, she knows I I need some quiet time. Uh, you know, uh, the first few years were were hard because she was like, I I don't understand this guy. Why does he always want to stay at home? You know, why can't he just be like me? And I. I was doing the same thing as well. I was like, I don't understand her. Why can't she be more like me? You know. And uh, after 15 years, we just realized, like, ah, well, it's we can't change each other. You know, we 
we kind of have to do our own thing sometimes and uh, and do things together sometimes uh, and that that works out to be a good balance um the language that we use at home is like useful at home but now that people are starting to go back to work um, not just locally but everywhere as well i think um and i think this is the new normal and i'm gonna have to make another adjustment with my live streaming and my podcast i think this might be a permanent thing where i just uh, record a live podcast on sunday and then i will edit it down for the audio version yeah so this is an experiment for me and then for the other live stream i'm thinking of moving it to a later time slot although um the two o'clock time slot that I have right now works very well for people in California. So um, I'm going to talk to my friends in California first. Um, I'm talking to Ron Jossel tomorrow, actually. And um, yeah, so I'm going to try and talk to a few more friends from the West Coast of uh, America. And then I'm going to switch the... the time slot for the live stream to a later time slot i think i was thinking maybe i should cut down instead of doing it like seven days a week or six days a week um cut down to uh maybe three days a week i have been talking about this i have been thinking of doing it but then i'm also feeling like i'm running out of time you know because more and more people are, are going back to work and uh the whole premise the whole idea of my live stream is that well everyone is stuck at home so all these people i presume don't really have that many people to talk to maybe they'll talk to me you know and that's the <laughs> that's the whole uh, idea behind my checking in on funny people live stream um so i i feel like i'm running out of time it's like oh no i better get everyone i want to talk to uh, before i before i switch it to one a week I also want to get to 100 episodes. That's kind of like this milestone or goal that I would like to achieve at some point. And if I if I cut it down to three times a week, it's going to take me a while to get there. But if I stay, uh, if I keep doing it six days a week, um, I think I'll get there pretty quick. Uh, so there is that. And yeah, so many people I want to talk to, and you know, I, I I said I wanted to get Jamie Gong. I haven't uh, gotten him. I wanted to talk to uh, Rishi Budrani and Sharu Chana, celebrity comedy couple from Singapore. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'm supposed to get GB as well. Uh, I kind of forgot to ask him again because he. I think he trailed off and didn't answer the last uh, thing, but I should follow up with him. And uh, GB Labrador, Yanni Ajisilo uh, in Australia, I I asked him and then he wasn't free. And then I was supposed to uh, check with him again, but I forgot. And so, yeah, a whole bunch of comedians I'm really wanting to um, bring on to have a chat before they get busy again with shows, right? Because people are starting to do shows again. Um, I know that people in my friend Esther Chen um, starting to do shows again uh, in Taiwan. Uh, so people in Taiwan, people in, I think, Hong Kong, people in New Zealand, people in Australia, I think. 
um, everywhere. And even in Malaysia, we had, I think there was one show a few days ago, maybe two days ago. Uh, it was at the Joke Factory. I think it was Harith was hosting. And then there was, um, um, who was in that? Stephen Bones, Kiran Prakash. Yeah, Kiran and Prakash didn't do stand-up. They, they had a chat, a uh, funny chat which was uh, kind of fun to watch. And then there was uh, Stephen Bones did stand up. Hindra, Hindra was uh, there and he did a set. Uh, who else was there? Oh yeah, Matsaba and Kavin. Yeah. So all these guys were doing having a show, if you can believe it, at the Joke Factory. And it looked fun, but at the same time, um, I think there are tweaks that could be made to to make the stream, it was a live stream. Uh, tweaks could still be made. I, I guess the first one's always experimental, right? Um, for example, I think there was laughter, but the recording of the laughter was, the volume was really low. Um, yeah, little adjustments could be made here and there. And yeah, so that's kind of exciting. I'm looking forward to having shows again, even though it's a social distancing show where there was, Actually, there was no real audience. It wasn't like a show for an audience. It was a show for a recording. So the comedians have to laugh at each other's jokes and, uh, and the crew, the technical crew that's there. I think everybody performed really well when I watched it. Uh, although my only criticism, guys, is that you guys need to laugh more at each other's jokes. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, and that would have uh, made a huge difference to the sh to the show and to the stream, I think. But it was a, it was a good, good stream, good um, good show. I think a lot of people enjoyed it. Um, okay, I I want to say this thing while we're on the topic, which is that I noticed like the best audience members uh, or the best laughers uh, a lot of times are not comedians. There are exceptions. I think uh, Prakash uh, and. Uh, Dr. Jason Leong, they are, they are really, they are really good laughers. Uh, and not everyone is like that, I guess, um, at a comedy show. Um, and I think, um, I think a lot of times comedians are just distracted because they are performing that night. Right. And I, it's certainly true for me. I've certainly done that as well, where like, okay, somebody's having like a really good set and they're, they have like really funny new jokes and I'm not listening properly or I'm not listening at all because I'm like, I have to worry about my new jokes or, or worry about forgetting my old jokes. So I'm not the best listener on those nights. Um, but then I also noticed this, like when when people post a funny thing on the internet, like on Facebook, I noticed that like I will post something and I don't know why this is, uh, it could be that it's not funny enough, but it it would be like, okay, I get 50 reactions and then 40 of them would be uh, those haha emojis, right? Those laughing emojis. And all 40 of those laughing emojis would come from non-comedians and then there would be other reactions as well, but like there'll be maybe seven or eight likes and then they are mostly from comedians. It's, I think I hardly ever get one of those laughing emojis from another comedian. And I don't know the reason for this, but I think it's a very interesting uh, phenomenon. And uh, 
I never really mentioned it to anyone until last night when I was on um, Jeps, Jetro, and Mike Sadi's uh, live stream and together with Mikey Andres. And I mentioned it and I guess we're all trying to figure it out why, uh, but uh, I don't really have a good answer for it yet, but I'm, I'm very interested to, to try and figure out why, why is this? Yeah. But uh, I just thought it was an interesting thing that we all do, right? I, I try because I notice it. I try not to do it. I'm like, okay, you know, Aaron, I'll say something funny. Okay. Give him a haha emoji. Not like just a like, you know, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe my stuff is just not funny enough. It's like, oh, it's only funny to the mainstream people, but not the comedians. Uh, could be that, you know, could be just that. Uh, meanwhile, I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to make things online. Still learning how to use, uh, right now I'm on StreamYard still, uh, still the best thing to use when, if I'm having guests on, but I'm thinking in the future, if I'm doing just a podcast, maybe I'll try using vMix. That seems quite fun, right? Um, there are a lot of visual things I could do, or maybe I'll keep StreamYard. No, maybe I'll do the podcast on StreamYard as well, because StreamYard is good for um, sending, for streaming to two uh, places. It doesn't stress out my internet because StreamYard does it for me. I just stream to them and then they stream it out to YouTube and Facebook for me. Whereas if I were to use vMix, it's just a program that's on my computer and then I have to stream to these two places straight out of my internet. And uh, yeah, that means it will tax my internet uh, twice as much. Um, but it seems seems pretty fun, vMix. I, I think I like the fact that it is a program and you can use shortcuts on it. And uh, I'm looking forward to trying out some of these shortcuts because um, I've seen my friend Gajin do it. He's been doing kind of like stand-up improv-y stand-up shows where people uh, give comments on like it has a structure, it has a very good structure where it's like, okay, give me suggestions and then I will make a joke for you. So he does an improv joke based on um, what is said. And he used to have a lot of um, bells and whistles on his show that he kind of took away. And now I'm wondering like, am I like exploring this thing? Is it just a waste of time? Because he, he didn't keep them, right? But uh, I still want to try them out. I still want to try it out. All the visual flair and all the, and some of the, you know, sound effects and things like that, you know. In fact, I have one of my jokes, I think could be improved from using some of these features. Uh, so yeah, kind of excited to try that out. But man, the amount of reading, the amount of research I have to do just to, just to implement this one little change, it's, it's a lot. What else? Yes, I performed stand-up. I actually forgot to mention this in the last uh, podcast episode because I was uh, kind of distracted by the topic matter of the last episode. And yeah, I performed that the There Goes the Neighborhood Comedy Tour, uh, second installation, second episode. Uh, the first one was, uh, I think, Rizal and... Russell and a bunch of other guys were in it. And the second one was uh, me and Sanes Stevens and Gajin and uh, Jimmy Earl, of course, was the host. And 
Michael Gladhill from Perth, Australia, and Matt Fuentes from uh, somewhere in California. Yeah. And oh yes, Sao Trujillo, um, very funny guy, who is also from California. So yeah, uh, made a lot of new friends. That's always fun. Uh, making friends on the live stream and making friends on uh, comedy shows. In fact, I also went to an open mic. Um, Anthony Woodhouse Jr. invited me to try out an open mic. And I went and I had fun again. You know, I got laughs and uh, made friends. And uh, I'm starting to enjoy stand-up again. Happy to say I was so stressed out for the There Goes the Neighborhood show. I was really stressed out. If you guys remember, I was like, okay, I have to put everything away and just focus for a like I was going to focus for a week, but I ended up like so stressed out by it that I didn't do any of the work. I just distracted myself with other work like live stream and, um, and the podcast. And then when the day came, I was like, oh man, I have to do it now. I have to make sure I know my set, rehearse it because I haven't done stand up in quite a while. You know, I don't even remember some of uh, the words in my jokes and I, I don't want to have that um, all these verbal tics that I normally have uh, when I'm talking, those are not supposed to be in the joke. Uh, at least not too many of them. Otherwise, it ruins the joke. Um, so yeah, you got like, you know, you got to find a balance between um, keeping it loose and knowing your joke really well. And I find that for me, I kind of have to know my joke really well because I'm not someone who um, speaks very smoothly all the time. You know, um, some of my friends, they just go on and they just do their joke, right? They just write down one word, you know, and then they, they do the whole joke and it comes out of their mouth funny. Like it's like a fully formed joke. Whereas for me, I have to write it out and uh, kind of say it like 20 times first before I can figure out like, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. And then when I'm on stage, I try to, I, I rely on a little bit of that rehearsal and that memory. Um, so yeah, that's what works for me. And um, so I have to work a little bit hard for stand-up. And I am glad that uh, in the end it paid off and I, am, I was quite happy with my performance. Um, and uh, I think uh, because of that, I made some new friends. It's always a bit tricky with uh, stand-up. I feel like I don't want to talk to anyone if I don't do well, you know. But uh, I did well, and people came up to me, hey, good set. And then I was like, hey, I like yours too, and friends. Yeah, so I've been having a lot of fun making friends uh, through stand-up and through the open mic as well. I made some new friends on uh, Anthony's uh, open mic. And tonight at 9 p.m., I'm going on his open mic again, a different one, I think. Uh, maybe the same one, but uh, 9 p.m. Malaysia tonight, um, which means it is 9 a.m. where he is. He is in Washington, D.C. I've been very grateful that I've been able to stay home and, uh, and do stuff like this, right? Do the podcast, do the live stream. If not for... COVID-19, I think uh, I would not know anything about live streaming. I, In fact, just to keep up with the one podcast a week recording, the audio recording, uh, was already all I could manage back then, yeah. 
So yeah, what else am I gonna? Uh, okay, guys, I think uh, I'm out of stuff already. So, all right, guys, that's it for this episode. I think um, that's all the stuff I have, and uh, I'm out of here. So I'll see you guys at the next episode of The Beauty of Ugly. Yes. All right, see you guys then. Bye.